Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and this episode is brought to you by my sponsor, Certified Piedmontese. I have a great offer for you, so stick around later in the episode. I want to get that to you. But first, let's get to my guest today. I am just over the moon excited today. I'm bringing you the executive chef and owner of literally one of the newest restaurants in Omaha. As fact, as we are recording this on December 17th, this restaurant is still in its cold opening stage. I haven't even eaten here yet. We actually have reservations tomorrow night, for which I'm extremely excited. But this man's hard-fought journey and culinary upbringing assure me that Saffron Urban Kitchen is going to be Saffron Urban Indian Kitchen, excuse me, is going to be a big success. Allow me to introduce the co-owner and executive chef, Dewayesh Bhattarai. Dewayesh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dan. I'm I'm, I'm super excited. I'm uh, and then thank you so much for this uh, great opportunity to be here today, and uh, and uh, let people know my story. And then you know, trust me, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> it really is. So I know that saffron has been in your mind. It's been a concept that you've been thinking about for about a decade now. Yep, and now that it's it's finally come to life and, and this restaurant is alive, like what have these past few days been like for you? I mean it's 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 been uh, uh it's been really busy. It's been uh, quite a rush uh to uh to get done with the finishes touches. Here and there, I'm, I was a little nervous. I mean, how it's gonna come out and everything. Uh, I was pretty confident on my my side of the kitchen, but as a whole team, uh, uh, we just wanted to make sure that you know whatever we had envisioned uh, uh, for the restaurant, like whatever me and Sagar, like we've been we've been talking this for like you know over a decade. So whatever we had like thoughts and plans, so we we're like. We want it to be like whatever we thought when it opens. So it, it, it's been like crazy busy uh, running here and there trying to figure out things, you know. Uh, uh, we were super excited. And then, I mean, uh, it's just been great the past few days. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that makes me really excited about this restaurant is on your website or on, on Saffron's website, there's like a giant pull quote right at the top of it and it. It's from you. It says, good food and good folks to enjoy that food with. That's all I need in my life. What a beautiful sentiment, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. How does Saffron embody that statement? So uh, for me, uh, being as a chef, uh, uh, I mean, like before even like if I was a chef, I was always loved cooking. I always loved being in the kitchen. So for me, being in that good food, just not just in a restaurant, but in the home as well. I, I, I love when good folks sit around and like enjoy good. That's that's a, that's the one of the things that we do in my culture. That's where where I come from. So whenever we have a, a you know family get together, everything like it's all about food. Festivals, it's all about food. So that's that's what uh, the whole scenario. I wanted to bring to this restaurant so that that that's the thing that's always in my mind so that's that's what it's all about that that's pretty much the culture where i come from so that statement is kind of like where, where i come from mm-hmm. so, yeah. 
Now, Omaha has several other Indian restaurants and concepts throughout the city. As you were kind of building what Saffron was going to be, what did you want to do that was going to make it stand out and be different from the other restaurants that Omaha has? There are like few great restaurants here in Omaha, like Indian restaurants. Uh, so one of these things, like I, I've worked in a uh, few of those. Uh, uh, what I realized was, uh, I mean, the the only reason uh, uh, that I went to culinary school was uh, I knew the food. I knew the food, I knew the palate and everything. But I wanted to give this thing a twist uh, because, like, when I first came here, like, 15 years ago, to be honest, like, I didn't know a lot of food that was made here in the restaurants. Like, I was, like, uh, I used to get all these names. I was, like, what, what is this? I mean, like, you know, what is, what is, I mean, I used to get all these kind of things. So I always envisioned, like, you know, uh, what about, you know, bringing out these two food and then putting it on a plate. So that's, that's, that's where I want to stand out from the rest of the, other restaurants uh, uh, that are here. Uh, so th- th- that's the main goal here, just to bring two or three different cuisines and then like put it on a plate. So wh- what type of different cuisines are you bringing? So basically uh, there are uh, like Indian cuisines. We, we, we uh, the, uh, when it comes to Indian cuisine, uh, like these, uh, a lot of the food uh, that are prepared, they are more of like uh uh, uh, we don't have a lot of different cooking techniques in Indian cuisines. Like pretty much uh, a lot of things are like curry based. They are cooked with the sauce and everything. So I wanted to bring some cooking techniques to, to Indian style uh, where we can like sous vide, you know, uh, things like that. Uh, so I mean, like I just wanted to infuse the uh, cooking techniques uh, uh, that I learned from the other different cuisines, and then bring it together and put it on the plate. So, I love that. So I mean, that's where when we talk about saffron, modern Indian cuisine, uh, that's where that modern yeah. comes from. Where you're still delivering those familiar flavors, but you're maybe doing it with some some yeah. updated cooking techniques. Absolutely, and that's yep. really yep. cool, and that is bringing something new to the table. Now you are originally from. Bhutal, India. So you know no, this. Bhutal, Nepal. Bhutal, Nepal. Nepal yep. I apologize. Yes, sure. just outside India. Uh-huh. But you know this cuisine very intimately. Mm-hmm. What to you defines great Indian food? Like when you think the food that you grew up eating, what did you love about it? What stands out to you? So the place where I was born, uh, it's, a, it's a small town in Nepal. It's very close to Indian border. So it's highly influenced uh, with the with the Indian Indian cuisine. So when I was uh, growing up, like we, it was kind of like our uh, biweekly thing that we we go to like Indian borders, like across India, to buy a lot of stuff, uh, like you know groceries and stuff. So when when I was a kid, when we used to go there, we we used to eat our lunch. You know, we used to be on the other side of the border, like all day shopping. So while I was doing that, I used to go to all these local restaurants, like where my parents took to me. And then I used to eat all these biryanis and then, you know, all these uh, samosa chaat, all these dosas. I mean, even though we don't have a South Indian, 
this our saffron is like North Indian cuisine. But eating all those uh, food, you know, all those local restaurants like biryani, dosa, and then uh, idli and stuff like that. All this uh, curry, chicken tikka masala. I mean, I didn't I didn't know anything about those cuisine at the time, but now when I recall it, so that's where. Uh, I like my palate like goes back to those days, and I, I'm looking for those taste and flavor when I when I'm making it here. I'm just comparing like whatever I'm making, like with my memories and everything, whatever I had at at the time. So that's that's where uh, 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 I come from. So, mm-hmm. looking at Saffron's menu, I mean, there's just some really exciting stuff here that I cannot wait to try. There's masala crab cakes. There's um, all, all kinds of different nons. There's curried salmon, lamb chops, steak kebabs. I mean, you go down, like I'm actually intimidated by trying to figure out what I'm going to order <laughs> when I come for the first time. Yes. As you kind of put this menu together, are there any dishes that you were like particularly excited about or any that stand out to you? Any that have any um, special like pull from your past, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, one of the things like the tandoori chicken uh, uh, is is one of those things like I've had uh, like so many places, uh, but I can't really find that that flavor that that takes me to the to my childhood. So that was one of the things that I, I put on the menu, and then I, I'm I'm working on it like like I worked on that particular dish for for so long, and then I. Basically, I'm just trying to figure out like how to make this exactly whatever I had uh, when I was a kid back home. So that one dish uh, uh, is something that will be special on our menu. And the other other one would be the ribeye kebab, uh, which uh, uh, which I personally it's it's one of my favorite, uh, uh, which is like. Uh, rubbed in like in, in spices and everything and marinated and then we cook in the uh, tender oven so uh, uh, that particular item is another one of my favorite gotcha uh, I, we've talked a lot about the present and kind of looking into the future with saffron but I want to look to the past mm-hmm. and kind of get into your background sure. how did you originally become interested in food so this goes I mean like to be honest, I did not cook anything until, I mean, I cooked here and there, but like after I came to the United States, uh, I, I was doing my computer science. So I was almost about to get done like three months away. Uh, I was working at this one of these restaurants and then uh, I, I started out with a dishwasher. So back then, like 15 years ago, I was, I was in the restaurant washing dishes and I was I was very fascinated with uh, with the chefs. They were working the line, and uh, I, I watched this for a year and a half. And then, like, I was like, "Man, I mean, I, I'm loving this." I'm, I'm just I, just by watching, I was like so fascinated. So this was one event uh, that kind of turned around everything. And then I got this opportunity during that event. Like, you know what? We need a hand. Can you just come up in line and like help? So, and then, like, there was one chef, I forgot his name, but uh, 
um, there's another chef who was my inspiration uh, through my whole culinary journey. Uh, so I was pulling the line and uh, whatever I was doing that, and, and then sh- at the end of the shift, uh, both the chefs were talking and they were like, "Man, this this guy's got something," like you know. And then uh, we were like talking, and, and then he was like, "I think I think you need to work on your skills. Like you, you you know how to do it. Like you know I don't know where you got from, but but you know something." So uh, one of the chefs I was working with, his name was Raj. Uh, he, used, he used to be here in Omaha. I, I think he moved to Florida now, but he was around here for almost 25 years. Uh, so I worked with him, and he was, like, great inf- inspiration for me. He was like, man, you got to go to culinary school. You got to get those skills, you know. Uh, so he pushed me so hard. I was, like, three months to get done my culinary school. Oh, no, my computer science. Uh, and then... Uh, I need to I need to give it a try, you know. So I went to culinary school, and then like my parents, my wives, they were like, "What What are you trying to do here? Like you're almost done. Like you're we're looking for now the six years of school." And I, again, I was like, "Man, I, I will. I, I just want to give it a try." So uh, I went to culinary school. It was like, whatever you want to do. So that's that's where the journey started, uh, and then uh, I started. I, I left all my jobs and I started working in the restaurants. Uh, I worked with few of uh, the chefs here in Omaha. It was a great opportunity to work with them. So yeah, that, that's how it started in the beginning. So you uh, just to take a step back, you're you're in school for IT engineering, uh-huh. but you. I'm assuming you got this job as a dishwasher just to kind of pay the bills or whatever. Yep, yep. At what point did you start to be like, man, like you, you said you kind of noticed the chefs and you kind of started uh-huh. to like, so like what, what was that realization like for you that, Hey, food is like really cool. Maybe this could be more than just like a side job. This is actually exciting and fun for me. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh that was, uh, that was a point when, uh, uh, when I kind of like, felt myself like this was just more than job for me uh, because I was I was enjoying whatever I was doing in the kitchen. Um, like my wife would be like, why are you in the restaurant for so long? Like, you know, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't even realize like the time was passing away and then I, I, I didn't feel like I was working anymore. You know, that's that was the point when I felt like, man, man, this this is just not the passion. I mean, I think I need to take it a bit further. So that's that's when I realized. Uh, so this was it. Yeah. So you were clearly taking a liking to the kitchen, and then, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, there was this event where you got a chance to work on the line, mm-hmm. and afterwards the chef came to you and said, "Hey, you got a chance if you level up your skills. Like we think you have something." What was that moment like for you? Because like you're from from what it sounds like you're developing this this love for the kitchen and you get this first opportunity to really cook and be a part of it and i'm sure that was really exciting for you and then you have this person that you respect say hey man you got a shot you got to take this like what was what was that like for you to hear him say that at at first like i was like pretty nervous like i mean i don't know if i can do this or uh, like i was you know, I'm like it was completely different thing from from whatever I was doing. So, I was pretty nervous at the time, but but I I thought about it a lot. 
um and then uh, i think like eventually like you know i'll just i was like i'll just go for it you know whatever it takes so so that moment for me um it was just uh, i it was just n- nervous at the same time and then you know i just did it you know whatever it takes so how did you end up at Metro Community College cuz that's where you went for your culinary yep, degree yep. So, how did you decide that was the place for you yep so i was looking for a culinary school like uh when 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 that thing happened with the chef and he was like really pushing me uh and then i felt that myself like this is something that uh, i need to go for i was looking for a lot of culinary school around around the united states uh and then and then i think one of the friend he was like oh yeah metro metro has like very good uh culinary program like you should check that out and then uh and then i went to metro and then i i gave it a tour first day i went there and then uh, i made uh, one of the uh council person like i saw everything i was like wow like this is this is like this is like uh, a dream kitchen and like you know um they they've got like great people there they've got like a very good uh, institution all these fancy equipments and then you know i was i was like super fascinated like you know what i need to be here <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, i mean yeah that i'm sure that was a really really exciting feeling you had experience in this other kitchen where you were working as a dishwasher you got a chance to work on the line a little bit but when you go to culinary school i mean that's a whole new level that's yep. learning different techniques different yep. sauces yep. everything what was that experience like for you just having like this whole culinary like treasure box yep. opened at first like when uh when i went there and then like i i joined for for the program and i had like my first few classes i was like man like for me at that point when i was thinking like for me cooking was like just cooking you know you know what i'm saying uh but when when i got into that first class and then like i had i had at point i had second thoughts i mean this is like much bigger than like whatever i'm thinking like you know um just just cooking in the kitchen versus like you know understanding the whole perspective of of culinary arts is 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 the next level so i was like i don't know i mean like there are like so many words that i've never heard of like you know like french cuisine like they're like mason plas and stuff like that like i i started learning all these things and i was like man i don't know if i can do this <laughs> <laughs> i mean like one point like when when we just begin like our few classes in the first i was like eight hours of classes i mean four hours in the classroom and then four hours in the kitchen i'm like you know i i was pretty much at school like all day every day so um it, it was tough but but the good thing was uh, um i mean i enjoyed whatever i was doing so it it didn't it didn't at first it kind of felt like that but once it started like i was in the program and then i was in the kitchen i was talking to all this good people all these great chefs you know uh, they were super helpful and then you know everything went smooth after on 
you mentioned that you you had some moments with second thoughts. Yeah. What did you do in those moments to reassure yourself? No, don't listen to that tiny voice in my head. I know I'm doing the right thing. So I remember uh, because, like, for me, uh, uh, just not for me, for any chefs, like, um, like having a or being a chef is is it's not an easy job. I mean. I, everybody can understand that. Uh, so my first class, when, the, the moment when I had a second thought was, uh, it was the first class orientation, and uh, Brian O'Malley was, was the person. So he was uh, telling us, like, you know, what you are signing up for. So, you know, like, this, this is what you are going to shorn on for. Weekends, we work on the weekends, we work on the holidays, you know. So those kind of things, like, I was like, I mean, I don't know, you know. I mean, it sounds, like, really tough than whatever I thought, you know. For me, being as being as a computer science person, it was, like, eight to four job. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is the whole new thing now. So that's where I was, like, Man, this is uh, this is this is what I'm going to live with, you know. So th- that point, I was like a little bit uh, uh, having like second thoughts, uh, but after that point, like I was like, man, if, if this is something that I love, then I gotta do it, you know. Uh, so that happened. That first orientation class, and then a few moments here and there, and then like I kind of blended into the. You know, uh, uh, everybody in the school, um, and then from that moment, like it was, it was super exciting. After that, yep. yeah. So when did when did those kind of anxious thoughts start to dispel? Whether it's, hey, being a chef is like really mm-hmm. tough. This is maybe more than I expected, and hey, I don't know these these French uh-huh. concepts or the, these yep. French terms and everything. When did that stuff kind of start to melt away and you're more just like, I love food so much. Mm-hmm. I just, just teach me everything. I'm all in on this. Uh, basically, I had like a very, very good, uh, 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 my friends uh, who were, were on my team uh, at the time when I was in culinary school, they were like super helpful. They were like, man, just just, just let us know. We'll, we'll help you like anything, you know. And I had a few friends, like, who were, who were, like, man, I don't know what is this. I mean, can you? And then, like, I think, like, those people were, were very, uh, one of those things, one of those people, like, who who kind of uh, uh, were there, and then they were, like, helping me uh, get through all those uh, situations. Uh, uh, and then eventually, I mean, uh, with their help, and then uh, uh, we had, like, very, very good instructor, like, who were, like, Anytime, just stop by, whatever you need, whatever you don't understand, like just, I think those those were the factors that, that I uh, kind of felt very uh, okay at the time, uh, and then like, I think, uh, I, I, with their help, like I, I think I, I was able to get through that moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so you're, you're able to pass through that. You get your culinary degree. I'm sure this is an extremely exciting moment for you. Then what? Where do you go from there? So uh, 
basically uh, when I uh, when I had my culinary degree in hand, and then like for me, I mean, I, I've been in the restaurant industry for for a while, so I also not just the kitchen, but I I wanted to understand a little bit about the front of the house stuff. Like I wanted to know like overall situation, like how it works. So as soon as, uh, as soon as I got my culinary school, I was like, man, I got to I got to do hospitality too. So and then I was talking to my dean and then like um, what about I I joined the hospitality again like so and then like yeah I mean you could you we have a good understanding of you know whole perspective of a restaurant so as soon as I get done with my culinary arts I sign up for hospitality um and then I completed my hospitality right uh, after another year and a half or so so that's that's what I did like right after my culinary degree. That's fascinating to me because I, I feel like that's something that many chefs maybe don't prioritize or maybe they, they miss a little bit and it can lead to some division in restaurants between the front of the house and the back of the house where they almost feel like two separate entities. Mm-hmm. I think that that's so interesting that even early on in your career and in even before your career, just in your life, you realized that that was yep. a critical aspect that you had to take in. What were maybe some of the most important things that you learned from that year and a half on the hospitality side of things that you feel like changed your outlook of restaurants and how to be a chef? So, I mean, being a chef, uh, uh, for me, like I always understood, like it, it, it can't just be about food. Like when you're operating a restaurant, uh, it, it has to be a combination of, of everything, you know. So that's when, like, okay, now I know the, know the kitchen, uh, so now I need to know the front. So that's where I wanted to, like, when, when I already envisioned, like, you know, this is for my future, like, someday. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it will happen. Uh, it will take time, so... So I thought about that moment, and then I was like, yeah, man, I, I need to know, like, how everything flows out of the kitchen and how everything comes back in the kitchen, like, you know, balancing everything. So I, I just wanted to know, like, how, uh, what is the best way to operate on the front of the house uh, with, with that, keeping that uh, um, communication with the kitchen and everything and then see. It. So that's the only reason, like, I, I got into hospitality was I wanted to have like that perfect balance and to understand like how it, how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there anything when you look back at that time that you feel like you learned where it was like a light bulb moment and you were like, man, I'm going to use this in the future. This is going to be super important as I move forward. Um, uh, one of those things where I like, I always get fascinated I mean, with the, with the table settings and, you know, I mean, table settings, uh, whatever things we use on the front of the house, napkins, you know, uh, the way uh, the teamwork that has to be on the front of the house because, like, without a great teamwork, like, nothing can happen. So I think the most important thing that, that I learned from front of the house was to have a great team uh, that can run the floor and then make sure... Uh, I remember one thing that one of, one of our instructor, uh, 
he used to make us do like the table settings like every single day he, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't let us like go away, away with wouldn't it wouldn't let you slack yeah so he used to make us see like on the every corner of the uh you know um restaurant like tables like sit there find me like three different things that's going wrong in this floor as a customer that corner go over there sit on that corner so i mean those were the things i was like super I, and then like i i fell in love with like whatever he was teaching and you know uh, and that's that's what i do now like i randomly go and sit on one table on the on the floor and i try to look like around everything you know uh, as a customer like what i can find flaws you know so that those were the things like absolutely uh, i learned uh, as as a hospitality uh, student i just i absolutely love that perspective that you have because that's something that i've noticed more and more the more restaurants that i go to is even if the food somewhere is spectacular mm-hmm. if the service is lacking yeah. or if like the communication between the kitchen and front of house isn't good. And like you're dining with different people and food comes out at different times. Like those type of things can just, even if they're just small things, they can kind of chip away at the customer's overall experience. And the fact that you have eyes on that and you're thinking about that is it's really encouraging. And you mentioned one of the most important things that you learned was having just great communication between the front of the house and the back of the house. And obviously that that is something that's absolutely critical and those are two very separate teams with separate and distinct uh-huh. skill sets how and i know that there's no like one answer to this question <laughs> but maybe like what are some ways that you can improve the communication between those two teams so they really kind of meld more into one so one of the things that i try to do is uh, precept uh, um, um, you know huddle I, I love doing those just to kind of give them an understanding of like what's going to happen uh, next three or four hours uh, and if situation comes in like like how to tackle or, or how to find solutions quickly and not just uh, talking about the problem but but moving on to the solutions um, so the same way with the kitchen staff like be nice to each other you know I mean everybody's here together so um, just try to be nice that that's that's what i want and keep talking you know i mean if you stop talking i mean everything goes um, out of out of the way so uh, um, that's that's what i tell in the kitchen like even if you're doing something i mean let them know i mean what's going on like you know uh, there's there's uh, three soups to be sent out or or maybe like three entrees waiting uh, waiting on the on the table like just just keep keep communicating um, uh, be nice to each other uh, and i think like everything is smooth once once you're nice <laughs> right oh well yeah i mean that, that, it sounds so simple but that yeah. is that there's so much truth to that if you're just yeah. positive and kind yeah. to one another and not because it, it's a high stress environment yeah, like there's it is. there's a lot of things that there's there's just there's a lot going on and there's a lot of things that need to be juggled and balanced so yeah just having kind of a compassion and understanding between the two teams i think is huge hey there listeners we'll get back to my guest in a minute but i gotta remind you one more time about certified piedmontese now it's common to hear the phrase fat is flavor i know i've said it more than a few times and often it holds true 
But that's just not the case with certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese beef is far leaner than most breeds, which actually allows you to taste the incredible rich flavor of the beef instead of just fat. Plus, it's good for you. Certified Piedmontese beef maintains prime-grade tenderness with just a fraction of the fat, calories, and saturated fat. Trust me, for someone who eats out as much as I do, it's nice to get a break from the gut bomb meals. If you're ready to savor steak or burgers without feeling weighed down for the rest of the day, head to Piedmontese.com and save 25% off on your order with my promo code HOPPEN. That's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, on Piedmontese.com or over the phone at 1-800-414-3487. Certified Piedmontese proves fat and flavor don't have to go hand in hand. And now, back to my guest. Okay, so you, you, you get your culinary degree, you go get the hospitality degree, then what? How, how did you break into the restaurant industry, not just as a dishwasher, but moving more towards chef focus? So I, 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 at that point, uh, I didn't really have a plan. When I just got out of the uh, culinary school, I got, got done with these two degrees. And I was, I mean, uh, of course, I didn't have money to open a restaurant at the time. Um, but I wanted to work, uh, uh, work somewhere, like, which was complement whatever uh, my, my style is. So this is when when I when I joined uh, uh, one of the uh, Indian restaurant here in Omaha. Um, so I started there as a head chef uh, right on when I when I got in. Um, so and then yeah, I was I was trying to. Uh, I mean, they have their menu and everything, but I was just trying to make those uh, things a little bit better for them, uh, and then like try to teach them whatever skills I, I've got. Every day is a learning process. Like I, I learn so much from from them. Like I learn every day, every day, from like everybody in the kitchen. Like you know, uh, so so that that's what I did. Like right on after I got out of my culinary school, I got this opportunity. The owner called me and like, hey, I heard you're looking for a job. I mean, we have a spot open. I'm if you wanna join and see how it goes. So when did the dream of opening your own restaurant into your mind? So I had I had two jobs. I was working at First Ada. Uh, that was my day job. Uh, and then I used to finish there at 3. And then I used to go to the restaurant. Uh, I had like a half an hour break. And then I used to go to the restaurant at 4. Goodness, you are a machine, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, I mean, I... I I, I love working hard. So, uh, I mean, it was a need at that time, uh, of course. Uh, I mean, if, if I didn't need I, I wouldn't have done two jobs, but I, I needed it at the time. So I had a day job, and then uh, I still have to keep cooking. I mean, once you get out of the kitchen, I mean, you start losing your skills. So so to keep that thing continue, like I I think I work uh, four or four nights at the restaurant, uh, so I was doing that, and then um, and Sagar and my wife they were they were talking about opening uh, this hole in wall in Blackstone. So so that's uh, when everything uh, started. But I could not leave the restaurant where I used to work uh, because they really needed me at the time. Um, 
and then it's it's hard like you know you work for so much and then like they're in, in there and so much like they need me so much and we just can't leave so i stayed there but i on the back end i i tried to help them uh, my wife and sagar so this thre- uh, the whole wall happened and then like my and that's Kathmandu Momo yep, station Kathmandu now yes Momo station so i was helping them here and there a little bit you know try to i mean to understand like how you know actual kitchen works you know when when you're serving food to the public uh, it's, it's a different ball game uh, so my wife uh, sagar was doing the momo and my wife was like she was she was super i mean she's also a very very good cook like she is sick like i never i try to cook at home but i love whatever she cooks so uh, so i i try to push her like at home like you are the chef I'm like <laughs> i stay back <laughs> <laughs> so she was uh, uh so one night uh, uh my wife was uh, making these ramen noodles uh, and then like we invited everybody sagar and her family was there and sagar my wife they were talking man we should sell this ramen like these are like super good and then so my wife she started out like couple day lunch uh, at at blackstone at first so that was the point when uh when we actually like uh like ready to get into like our own place mm-hmm. you know um but uh, it's it's Sagar's place but my wife was doing and I, I used to be there to support her like I used to work a couple of days just to help her out uh, because like she was so interested like she was like I I I have to make this I mean we had like days like in the beginning like you know i mean uh, we didn't have a lot of people coming in because nobody knew about it um and i was like man are you sure you want to do this and like she was like yeah um whatever it takes uh, and then like she she's a big support to me as well um so that that that's, that was the point when we actually got into the restaurant okay and just to to be clear to all the listeners chef agia's ramen is on yeah, point awesome. go to the inner rail <laughs> go to Kathmandu Momo station and get that ramen because it is oh man like I'm like salivating just yeah, thinking that, about it right now that is one of those things like I love to eat at home um, uh, she makes like, like she takes a, a, a very long time to make like she makes that ramen like very careful like she, she takes about like three to four hours like working on like each ingredient like you know one by one uh, that's awesome when i would see that her do it i mean i was like you, you should also go to culinary school <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah so you you're working in a in a kitchen as a head chef and and agia's getting a chance to to start out at kathmandu H- how did the idea how did your idea of opening an indian restaurant like when did that start to arise and and how did you start acting on that as the idea comes into your head so basically like this idea was uh, pretty much when when me and sagar uh we, we were friends before before we we are business partners like uh, we've been friends for over over 12 years uh so this was one day when me and sagar we were we were at the golf course uh, I didn't know Sagar much at the time so we were just with a new friend and we were just hanging out and we we're talking and then like Sagar is super ready to you know 
opened this uh, uh, coffee shop uh, in downtown. And then he was, he was talking about it, and then I was like, man, I have this idea. I mean, we, we have to open it. Like, uh, like he was super excited to hear about like, and you you gotta tell me this idea. Like, we we have to make it happen. So that's when that was the point when we started talking about uh, saffron um, back in the days. And then like, we've been like talking and talking. Like we've been like curating things for this place like for a very long time, uh, but we didn't have the right place. Uh, we didn't knew like when what's gonna happen, uh, um, but we knew it will happen like sooner or later. Um, so that was the point when we started talking about uh, saffron. Actually, when did it start to become real? Because it sounds like the you had the concept. You were both like, "Hey, this this sounds great," yep. but it took. Like we've talked about, it took over a decade for this mm-hmm. thing to yep, come together. Absolutely. So there's a lot of talking, a lot of talking, a lot of talking. When did that talking start to become like, okay, we're not talking about this anymore. Mm-hmm. We're actually doing it. Yep. So this happened uh, when I got into InnerRail uh, Food Hall. Um, so I got this opportunity to open this sushi place. Uh, Nori. Uh, Nori and mm-hmm. InnerRail. So I, I was there uh, doing all these things. I used to come... And that that's where we used to be like all the time, like observant area, you know. We used to go around here, we we used to walk through the observant area, me and Sagar smoking cigarette here and there, you know. Um and then like we we saw one day and then we were walking past by and we see this spot, Lotus Yoga, I mean they were moving out of there and I was like, Man, this place is empty. Uh, we didn't know whom to talk to about, but uh, it was uh, Sam Noddle, uh, who, who who is the, the um, property owner uh, management guy. Mm-hmm. So we saw this empty, and it was like, I was like, man, I gotta I gotta talk about this place if, if they have available. So that's when uh, when it's like me and Sagar we talked about it. And the next day, Sagar reached out to them, and they were like, yeah, that place is open i mean just just let us know what, what's your plan uh, so that's when it started what was that feeling like for you i mean you've you've had this idea in your mind forever and all of a sudden it's like oh whoa this yeah. th- like it could actually happen now yeah i was like uh, i don't know when I, when I saw this space it looked pretty big to me uh and then like they had this event room and everything and then, uh, i mean it's a great spot like you know it's right there, like it, it's got visibility on both the both the side. Observing it's great locations, uh, a lot of traffic, you know. Um, so when when I saw that, I mean, uh, me, I was like, man, like it has to be here, you know. Like, uh, so um, we started talking, and then uh, and then like I was like, man, I mean, I I already started envision like. You know, and Sagar was like, oh, we have to do this here, that, you know, you know how Sagar is like, he, <laughs> so that, that's, that's when, um, like we didn't even lease the place and we we're already planning, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, um, so we are like, yeah, we have to make this real. And then we, st- uh, like me and Sagar, we started working on it, um, try to get the place first, uh, if we can. And we had a couple of spots they offered us, but we were like, no, we, we want 
this spot. <laughs> so so uh, it, it was quite exciting for me when 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 I saw that spot open. So, yeah. So after you secure that spot, which you're so excited about, how do you take all these ideas and concepts that you've had? bubbling in your brain and you've been talking back and forth with Sagar about for so many years, how do you take them from your mind and start to bring them to life? Like what's the first step? So first step was for me to, uh, I mean, I can't do it by myself. Like restaurant, restaurant is a big job. So first thing that came in mind was I need people. I need good people. Uh, that's, that's where, uh, I mean, we can bail we can build the place uh, as beautiful as we can. Um, but operation for me is the biggest challenge. Uh, uh, that's what came in my mind uh, when I have all these ideas for the food. I mean, if I, it's it just me and like, there's nobody to compliment me, I mean, it's not going to work. Um, so that's where the first thing that came in my mind. And I had a, had a chef who worked with me for a very long time. His name is Toya. So right up, right after that, I called him and I said, like, man, we, we have this spot here at Exarbin. I mean, if you, if you want to join the team, like, we'll go for it. So that's when uh, he said, like, yeah, let, let me think and I'll, I'll get back to you. So that was the first step. And then, like, I started to um, think about the menu um, he came out and we, we talked about it. And then, um, so, yeah. How did you build the menu? Because I'm sure you've got, I don't dozens of dishes in your mind of like all, all these things that you want to do. And you have these modern techniques that you learned in culinary school. And, and you have these other things that you've learned in working in kitchens since then. And I'm sure there's like, probably hundreds yeah. of ideas that you've had to put on the menu yeah. over all these years, but you can't execute on all those. No, you have to absolutely. pare that down yep. quite a bit. Yep. How did you kind of build and determine what should be on the menu? So basically, uh, uh, I wanted to bring a little bit of uh, Indian, uh, Indian cuisine background, like to have uh, uh, Indian food is all about um, a lot of uh, uh, lamb dishes, you know, so that, that's where, we, where I come from. We eat a lot of goat and lamb. So uh, that protein was very important for me. And then, uh, um, of course, like chicken is also one of the one of the most important part of our, our cuisine. So protein wise, uh, I went for for whatever we had traditionally. And then uh, I wanted to bring in. Uh, we don't have a much on our soft opening menu, but our actual when our actual menu rolls in, we have we have a different kind of uh, fish uh, uh, fillets and stuff like that. Um, so keeping that in mind, like people are coming to an Indian restaurant, um, but also uh, I wanted to give them a feel of, uh, you know, I mean, I'm eating like octopus on an Indian restaurant. Like how cool is that? I mean, you know, <laughs> so bringing like raw tuna and stuff, you know, um, so th- that was like, be, and also like opening a sushi restaurant, it kind of gave me and uh, and a whole new different aspect of learning about all these uh, all this sushi and uh, raw seafood, uh, which I which I learned for over three years now. Um, 
so which I which I which I normally don't see in in any in, in Indian places. So um, so that's how uh, I kind of learn about all, all about these proteins and like yeah, beef was one of the main things uh, that I want, that I wanted to have on the menu, um, like local beef uh, wherever I can source from. Um, so keeping all these things and uh, and all my experience that I have that I had uh, uh, from my past uh, kitchen, so I uh, and then keeping my uh, Indian culture, whatever uh, the spices and everything, and blending like everything together. So so the menu is whole uh, a thing that I have learned until now, uh, uh, and then like bringing like uh, the spices and everything, and then you know. Now, now that I know sushi, so I'm trying to blend it in together to to create something you know cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, just hearing you talk about this is just so exciting. Like I've never, I've never seen a restaurant or heard of a restaurant that is taking the concepts of Indian cuisine and and putting it with octopus or putting it with raw fish. So like mm-hmm. that's really exciting. But I think it, that there's there's something really interesting that I want to pick your brain on, and that. You know, we were talking about the differences between the soft opening menu mm-hmm. and what the normal menu is going to be. Uh-huh. And I feel like there's, I, I'm sure, you know, you're talking about these dishes and you're excited about them. You want to <laughs> yeah. unleash them to the public right yeah, now, but you've chosen to pare down your menu for this soft opening. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, I think it, it, it's underestimated how difficult it is to open a restaurant like you can have the best concept you can have the best laid plans but when the bullets actually start firing a lot of stuff happens so i think it's really smart that you're taking it slowly and saying you know we're not going to do everything at once let's just get started let's you know be like a baby taking our first steps Mm -hmm. let's get our footing and then we can bring everything else in kind of what was the thinking behind doing that because i'm sure you want to just unleash yep. everything right now. So basically, uh, the reason why I wanted to keep it uh, uh, low for the soft opening was uh, was uh, to give give a hang up uh, to the kitchen staff and then like whoever is working on the floor to keep it kind of uh, not like simple, but kind of give them give them an idea like what what's gonna come in a, in a couple of weeks from now, uh, so they understand and. They learn how to use each and every equipment, and you know uh, how how to make that flow. Um, so that was the main reason, like why why I wanted to keep it low, just to keep uh, a lot of pressure off my staff, and then you know make them relax and you know keep it easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. So just relax for now, just do whatever is on the list for now, and then we'll slowly start rolling out. You uh, so that they don't feel like, oh my gosh, this is too much. I mean, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to push something out on the table, and then uh, we have like a bunch of these items on the menu, and then like we, we're scattered everywhere, and then you know, food comes out cold. I mean, I work in the kitchen, so I know how it feels. Uh-huh. <laughs> so keeping it keeping it low was was the main idea to keep everybody calm and you know uh, keep the moving smooth. All right. I love it. All right. As we wrap up our conversation here, I just, I just, I have to get your overall thoughts because this is, I mean, we've talked so much about your past, about how you went to culinary school, even though people 
told you, hey, maybe this isn't the smartest idea. You you were a little intimidated in culinary school at first, but you pushed through. You kept going. You had this idea for a restaurant, and you had to sit on it, and you had to wait for a really long time and develop this concept over time and just kind of bide your time until the opportunity came. Mm-hmm. Now that that opportunity is finally here, and you can kind of look back mm-hmm. on your life and see it culminating in saffron, w- what is that feeling like for you? I mean, it's it's very emotional for me. Um, uh, that's that's what I tell like, my wife. Like uh, this this is uh, this is like a love for me, you know, um, because uh, I've always dream dream about it. Uh, and then uh, when when Sagar came along and and he was like, man, you know, we we have to make this dream happen. So so now. Now that it's open, I mean, uh, it just I need to take care of it, like you know, like whatever, whatever I envision. Um, so I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm I, this is this is the very emotional. Uh, I'm like super connected uh, to this place, uh, uh, and then like I'm I'm very thankful to all of these people like who who, who help us build this space. Like me and Sagar were like every day, like they're uh, looking at this all these construction people. Uh, they're like good friend of ours. Like they're trying to, you know, um, get like the vision, like what we are thinking, and then like putting them into like whatever whatever our emotions. And uh, so I'm like super grateful to all these people, you know. And then now we're here, so. <laughs> Well, I I was already just like beyond excited to try saffron and this conversation and getting a chance to meet you and see your passion and see how much thought and intentionality has gone into everything. Like I'm 10 times more excited now than I was an hour ago and I was already pretty pumped then. So very much looking forward to tomorrow night and, and frequent future visits. And I would just encourage anyone listening to this, like, you you've listened to chef here like you can hear the 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 passion the love that he has for food for cuisine for this restaurant this is going to be a good place and i'm very excited for it um everybody check it out chef dewayish thank you so much for coming on the podcast today i thank really appreciate you. it thank you so much dan for this opportunity i'm super grateful uh and then uh from your podcast i would like to thank like every single person who, who came along board uh, to make this restaurant happen, uh, especially my wife, uh, of course, Sagar. Uh, and then, like, I was I was uh, seeing all these construction people yesterday for the last time. I was like, man, I, 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 I will remember you guys when I see, like, these pieces, like, you were working on, like, you'll be remembered. <laughs> right. You'll be the man. That's awesome. I love giving them a shout-out. All right. As always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.